Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Star Wars 7x7 episode 3373. Yesterday we were talking about the Ahsoka episode Dreams and Madness and one of the things that I touched upon briefly was a question about what Sabine's motives are and we're going to explore that more in depth today in our deep dive episode. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So in our breakdown episodes of the last two parts of the Ahsoka series, so Far Far Away would be part 6 and Dreams and Madness would be part 7 that we just talked about yesterday. One of the things that I had expressed a certain level of frustration about was the fact that Sabine seemed very unconcerned about the urgency of getting off of Peridia. In particular, when she finds Ezra toward the end of part six, and he says, oh, I can't wait to get home, she's not exactly saying, yeah, that's fine, and we should kind of go now because there's a ticking clock. And she doesn't even want to talk about the circumstances that led to her arrival on Peridia. Now, technically speaking, she doesn't necessarily know there's a ticking clock per se, in that she doesn't know that Thrawn thinks that they're going to be out of there in three rotations. However, it stands to reason that if Morgan Elspeth and all of her crew showed up to Peridia and found Thrawn, and the whole point of that exercise was to bring Thrawn back to the galaxy far, far away, you would imagine that Sabine would have clocked the idea that, oh, we don't have much time here. And for that matter, in her interactions with Ezra at the end of part six and the beginning of part seven, at that point, the only way that she knows how to get off the planet and back to the galaxy far, far away is with Thrawn and Morgan Elspeth. So the fact that she seems not only unconcerned about operating within a tight time frame, but also doesn't even want to talk to Ezra about any of this stuff, keeps rebuffing his inquiries, keeps playing coy about the circumstances that brought her there, what's going on, yeah, that sort of thing makes me think that we need to revisit what Sabine's motives actually are. Now, if you think back to the finale of season four of Star Wars Rebels, that epilogue that takes place where Sabine is considering the mural that she's created and there's a monologue talking about what happened after the events of that finale with Ezra and Thrawn taking off into heaven knows where, in her internal monologue, Sabine says that Ezra's out there somewhere and it's time to bring him home. Now, I know that I've said in the past that I wasn't entirely sure that the events of the Ahsoka series actually overlapped with season four of Rebels, that there was you know some time that had lapsed in between them, basically, and that we were talking about multiple meetings between Ahsoka and Sabine. And I was kind of right in one sense because we found out, of course, that they had the existing Master Padawan relationship before that busted off. But 
by another token, I've had it pointed out to me that the scene at the end of episode two of the Ahsoka series is basically a recreation of that epilogue that takes place in the finale of Star Wars Rebels. And the point I'm getting at here is that there is no internal monologue from Sabine that we get to hear in that second part of the Ahsoka series. So in other words, Sabine does not frame anything with the idea of bringing Ezra home. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, you realize that over the course of the series, the things that Sabine has been saying have been about finding Ezra, but not so much about bringing him back home. And if you look at it from that perspective, if you dismiss the idea that she wants to bring Ezra home, and instead she just wants to be reunited with him, then her actions seem to make more sense. And then you start to look for other things that might justify this decision. Like, for example, the fact that she just saw Ahsoka get killed, or at least she thought she did, obviously. And we find out through that confrontation with Balin Skull on CTOS that her family is dead and that Ahsoka had something to do with it in some fashion. So she doesn't have family, she doesn't have the master with whom she had just recently reconnected, and it doesn't seem like she has anything particularly going on on Lothal at this point, certainly not based on what we saw of her life at the beginning of the series. And even though she does have some contact with Hera, it's not like Hera is saying, hey, why don't you join the New Republic? And why don't you join the military? Do something with me. Like that is not happening in any particular fashion. So Sabine is for all intents and purposes alone and without purpose at the point that we find her in the story. And over the course of those first four parts of the story, things basically go from bad to worse. So. Can you really blame her for just wanting to be somewhere where she has a friend and <laughs> wanting to start a new life and just make the best of what she has left with somebody who she considers to be you know, the nearest thing to family? In the recording, Ezra says, you know, I know you're not my family, but I feel like you're, you know, a sister to me and we grew up together in this rebellion. Now, of course, things are gonna change because Ahsoka has arrived on Peridia, and as happy as she is to see Ezra, that was only part of the reason why she was thinking about this whole situation in the first place. The other reason, of course, has to do with Grand Admiral Thrawn, and the fact that he is doing anything on the planet, that he is involved there, that she's found him, well, she's gonna be going after him and doing it as quickly as she is able to. Granted, we know from Thrawn that time is not necessarily on her side, and Ahsoka seems to be aware of that back in the beginning of the season in part two when they are trying to decipher what's in the droid's head that leads them to Corellia. One of the things that Ahsoka says is that we're falling behind as it is. So she's aware that there's a ticking clock and she's going to get Sabine and Ezra on that clock with her. And since we already know that Ahsoka wants to get back home, Ezra wants to get back home, and Thrawn is trying to get back home, well, Sabine is basically going to get dragged along with her ride in that sense, and her focus is eventually going to be on getting home with the rest of them. But it sure does seem like, absent any other information, that 
her ultimate goal just was deciding, nah, I just want to be reunited with Ezra and live out my days away from all the pain and all the trauma and all the nonsense that happened leading up to it. So that's what I've got for you in my consideration of Sabine's motives as we see them and trying to untangle my frustration with her seeming lack of urgency. And that's what I've got for you for this episode of the podcast. So it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyrighted by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.